0: Hey everybody, I am so happy to talk with all of you today, and guess who I brought along with me again? It's me, her mom. (laughs) I'm so excited that we're here today to talk to you guys, and we are going to talk about something that I think is very close to both of our hearts in a lot of ways, so we're just going to jump right in. We want to talk about the quote, bloom where you are planted. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating.
1: So we kind of came up with, I think, bloom where you're planted because we both say it, or at Mm -hmm. least... Cassie grew up seeing it in our household um, in some artwork, Bloom Where You're Planted, and it's become quite the catchphrase, and sometimes you hear it, obviously, in gardening circles, which is what my love is, but also just even in a, a workspace, you might hear it in a leadership-type thing of kind of bloom where you're planted, you know, flourish, um, And we think when we talked about it, we can really apply it to chronic illness or really any time in your life. Like, what does that really mean? So we're going to
0: try to dig into that, pun intended, and take it as you will. Well, and I think what's neat, too, and I just thought of this right now, my um, quote for the year and my word of the year is bloom. And my whole year with, like, my power sheets and all of that, I've based it off of bloom where you're planted. So this is kind of funny, but I just thought of that. But, like... It's also, you know, I've come to a place where I have that quote really close to my heart, but I I think it's taken time to get there to understand it. So you were right. Let's dig into this <laughs> quote. You want to start? Uh, sure. So I think the first thing that came to my mind was thinking about what happens all the way before the blooming. And it starts with this seed that's been planted in a place where ultimately that seed does not want to be because it's in the dark and it's covered up. It, and I'm sure it's not very comfortable in there in a lot of ways because it was happily sitting in its seed packet. And now you've introduced it to all these new things and you just wait. And eventually that seed will break out of its shell and it will start to grow. And, like, aren't we like that in so many ways when we get stuck in a new situation? We're not sure what to do and we don't necessarily want to be there.
1: Yeah, I think, too, um, on the other side, you know, we've done some seeds this year. Mm -hmm. And you and your friend got really into it. um, Planting seeds and all kinds of questions and almost, like, hovering over when, when it's dark and it's just a the soil there isn't a lot to do you're like are they even gonna grow the seed packet said it's supposed to come up by now i was fretting over the pansies i tried to grow yep. and i was like man there is not a sign of life like what did i do wrong uh did i let the soil get too wet too dry so there's yep. also that um Anxiety, you know, of that waiting, and I don't know how other people are, but I'm not so good at that. <laughs> uh, so you'll probably see there's a theme with me. Or it's it's sometimes difficult to wait when you can't see what's going on. So I would say with that uh, scenario, this there's a lot going on with that scene under the surface, and it's so exciting when you see that sprout come up. But it's not like your your job is done. Now we think about, oh, they need light, they need mm-hmm. you know, to be in the sun. If you don't have access to that, you're where we're up in New England, uh, you may be dealing with grow lights. There's a lot to do once that does emerge, actually.
0: Yeah, and even going back to what you were just saying about that waiting period, I think in a lot of ways, when I think about life, when we're stuck in the waiting period, we become very fearful. Like, what if nothing grows? What if I, I did all the preparation, I did everything I could right, and what if it still doesn't come out the way that I planned it to? True. And that's that's hard, and that's heavy when that weighs on your heart. And, you know, if you go back to kind of the gardening theme here... Sometimes you've
1: done everything correct and it still didn't grow. We both had that happen, and we yep. still don't really know why, <laughs> and had to replant on some things. And, you know, if you're talking about seed packets and growing some flowers, that's not such a big deal, right? But you think about your life and your decisions around your health or your career or your family, they can, they can be very serious when things don't grow and come out the way you hope they did.
0: Well, I know we've talked a lot about, like, for example, um, it was a couple weeks ago, actually, and... I had been doing everything right. I'm taking all my medications on time, doing all my infusions correctly. I'm making sure Jared and I are doing joint corrections. I'm like, I'm doing everything I possibly can to take care of my body to the best of its ability. And, you know, then a joint subluxes Mm -hmm. or um, a plan falls through or I wake up and I feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like... That wasn't planned. I did everything right, and you kind of look at it and you go, "But, but I did all the things. I did every single thing the way it was supposed to, and that didn't turn out the way that I planned. And that's that's hard." And I think we talk about a
1: bigger picture of bloom where you're planted. You picture these lovely flowers. Peonies. Or- Yeah, you love your peonies. I love my peonies. You know, pick whatever your – come to a a visual image of whatever your favorite flower is or vegetable or succulent or or whatever you want to think about. And sometimes it's it's just not always blooming, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there isn't something going on beneath the surface. And then the other thing I think we discussed that we hadn't really thought about uh, in relation to invisible illnesses, which so many people have – is sometimes uh, a plant, I'm thinking about my tomato plants last year, they look like they were fine, and the leaves look all good, and then when you really look down on the base at the roots where it meets the soil, like, wait a minute, I think there's, there's bugs there, or there's a root rot, or there's a fungus, or you, those of you who are really into this, you can list probably five diagnoses right there, but um, my point is, is that sometimes things can look good on the outside and they can look pretty, But that doesn't mean that they are all that healthy and uh, well and strong. So this whole idea of bloom where you're planted sometimes can be a catchphrase that gets on people's nerves. What do you mean bloom where I'm planted? I'm, you know, falling apart. My body's falling apart or my marriage is falling apart or um, I don't know where we're going to get the next payment for our rent. You know, whatever the crisis is, how how do you bloom? So I guess in this short little conversation, that's part of what we wanted to tackle today.
0: Um, Yeah, and... And I think it is hard when, you know, appearance is not everything. And I even think of social media in this act, in this aspect. And, you know, whether I'm physically out in my mom's garden envying some of her, like, how well things are growing, I can do that on social media, too. I can look at different people with the same diagnoses that I have or whatever it is. And they're ice skating or mm-hmm. they're able to take a Zumba class or... They're even able to just walk around or drive their car. And I'm just like, man, it almost starts this like seed of jealousy almost of, you know, all of that. And then, you know, for someone that has a chronic illness, you're less quick to judge in this sense. But you even like you think of someone who's healthy looking at someone like that. They're like, oh, well, they can't be sick or they can't be that sick or whatever it is. And you have no idea what's going on just because something looks fine doesn't mean... Inside that, it is fine all the time, and I think that's interesting too.
1: When you talk about social media, someone could listen to your podcast or look at your website or whatever, and be like, "Oh, yeah, she's got a hard time, but look how many great things she has in her life." You know, we Mm -hmm. we can unfortunately um, one of the ways that we decrease our bloom, I guess, is to compare ourselves to others and our situations to others. I think on social media, things can look better than they are. People can seem like they're fine and they're not, or you can think that they have all kinds of things going great for them, and and they really don't. So it can go one way or the other. We actually didn't talk about this before, but we just had a tragedy recently in our community um, Mm -hmm. where we just lost a teen, Um, and so far, for what the family can understand, is everything looked fine, whether it's through her social media or her interactions with her friends. There is nothing right now, at least in this early stage, that they can understand why she would take her own life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, unfortunately, you know, over time, they most likely will figure that out. Um, sometimes it takes years to figure these things out. But, you know, I, I think it's... You can look great on the outside and not be so great on the inside.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how you, you talked about comparison because um, you and I, who have been... You know, starting this relationship together a couple weeks ago, talked about how comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we um, we just talked about that, and a couple weeks ago, I think. So it's just it's neat that you brought that up because this mm-hmm. is a conversation that everyone on here and I have been having. So it's just neat that that kind of comes full circle because comparison truly is a thief of joy in so many different aspects.
1: Right. So that I would say that's definitely when you're trying to bloom where you're planted so to speak or thrive really uh that would be one thing is is not comparing your situation to someone else's at least not in a negative light this isn't uh you know a whole positivity positivity podcast but it is Mm -hmm. looking at at reality and i think the um second thing i i always bring this we'll probably always bring this into any conversation we have is um being faith-based we do meditate on god's word yeah i've joked about this before that i'm not this this pious person who sits and perfectly gets her devotionals done and, um, all my Bible study. But I do take the time to really seek what, what God is saying. And that's through reading the Bible, but also just as part of how I got into gardening or anything like that was really, that's where I'm really quiet and I listen and I learn through through seeing how things grow and how they develop and, um, you know, you go to prune a rose bush. You start thinking about how how we get pruned, for instance, or, or whatever it is. Or you look at um, Cassie. Of course, is big into succulents. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they'll have a link to your webpage and see some of these pictures. Yes, she's my <laughs> little succulent queen. But I never. I was telling her I never used to be interested in them years ago. We don't live in a you know climate where they thrive. But they've be, they've kind of come back into being very popular and I've actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed them because I'm, I'm learning a lot about that too. They, they grow and they thrive in these dry, desolate kind of situations. If you actually give them too much water, you're going to kill them. Yeah. And I'm looking out at one of hers, um, i given her, guess it's like a bamboo isn't it it's like a bamboo and it's it's cool because it's it's in the shape of a heart maybe you can stick a picture of that on if they want to see it but it's bloomed in this really cool way with these leaves that i would not have expected and i think it's so amazing that under dry arid (laughs) conditions that something can blossom and be so great and you think of how under stress and um we as humans how we can still thrive too and so my point is for us we meditate on the word and we also just seek out god in whether we're out and about in nature or listening to music in the car whatever it is we just we want to just take a few minutes and say all right well what's your truth about this god because we can get into our own uh, comparisons and criticisms and that does steal our joy
0: and it steals our perspective absolutely i don't know if that's helpful or not yeah no that's that totally goes in line kind of what i was thinking you know when i I think about succulents a lot, not just because I raise, like, 20 of them, um, but just because I look at them all the time outside my window, and I just – my brain kind of goes to what is going on with the succulents and am I doing enough for them or whatnot. And what always amazes me is exactly what you were saying about that dry season is that they grow by just basking in the sun Mm -hmm and they don't get watered very often as you were just saying too much water kills them and yet despite these conditions that you would think nothing good could come from they're beautiful and they grow and you just kind of look at them and you're like how can you still thrive under these conditions and that is how you know, I think of chronic illness in a lot of ways. I think of it as like, man, something great can grow from something that in my mind shouldn't be able to.
1: Right. And in something that you never would have chosen. I really yeah. I can't think of anybody that says, yes, I want to have a major disease that's going to cause me pain and suffering and
0: tons of time and
1: money, money and-, and yeah just you fill in the blank right we could like leave the, we could just leave a pause here and everybody could fill in their answer but right uh, so it's not something you would choose but how do you how do you reconcile that and how do you still thrive anyway mm-hmm. and we didn't want to get too um I don't know, you can kind of preachy about the seasons. Well, in the winter, things are dormant, and then you wait for spring. And But it is really true. There are seasons. The Bible talks about it. Nature shows it very clearly. There are seasons in our life, and those seasons can can come very quickly, actually. There can be somebody who's in a very dry, desolate time and struggling or feeling like they're in a winter of their life, Mm -hmm. health-wise, life-wise, and then things start to bloom, and then maybe something goes downhill again, you know, and I just met somebody this week. My uh, work that I do is a nurse, and I'm really fortunate that I get to really work with all different people from all different backgrounds, and I was doing a wellness thing, um, mindfulness, that I was doing with these employees. It was very fun, and this is a particular group that, uh, it's actually kind of Ironic that they actually work with people with rare diseases, which I did not know that at the time. And they have to take care of themselves because they find that the stress of these patient stories uh, really impacts them. They feel they they want to make a difference so much in these patients' lives that it can take a toll on them. So we were doing kind of a, a thing for them for self care. And so many times somebody may say, Oh, I'm having such a hard time in my life and I don't have any time for mindfulness. And this one particular woman took me by surprise in that she's in a great time in her life. She loves her job. It is stressful, but she you knows she's doing meaningful work. She's older, but she's not quite there for retirement yet. And the ironic thing that she said to me, she's like, I actually have all kinds of time now, and I'm more disorganized because of it. Her two kids are in college. She, you know, pretty much seems like she has very good boundaries on her job, that she doesn't work crazy hours. And she's married and. Um, She was literally telling me, I'm not sure when I should do this mindfulness exercise because I could do it in the morning or I could do it when I get home from work. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a season she's in. You Mm -hmm. don't really hear that. That it's actually a season where she actually has time. She's trying to decide what hobby she wants to do. She's trying to decide how to fill her time. And that made me laugh because I think of
0: as younger people or um, someone with an illness, it takes up all your time. Yeah, and I think, you know, there are so many people that are just like, oh, poor you. You get to stay home all Mm. day on the couch and watch TV and this, that, and the other thing. And having a chronic illness, first and foremost, is not a luxury. That Mm. is crystal clear. But we do have a lot of time on our hands. And there are some people that will ask me, they'll be like, what do you do with your time? And, um, you know, I've already told you guys about my routine and what... I do on a daily basis, but there are days where even those few things that I want to do, I can't do because my body is too much of a priority. And there are even days that I can't fully take care of myself enough. And I, Jared's the one that really has to just tend to all of it because it's just so time consuming. It's my full-time job right now. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I, and I think that's important too, to just note, you know, that you know, this is our full-time job, and that's that is okay. Yeah, and I think um, what also happens with
1: a lot of people with chronic illnesses is, you know, the pain, insomnia. You know, you have mm-hmm. very long nights. I hear that with many, many different diagnoses. That yep. you just, it nights can be so long and when it's know, so it,
0: quiet, there's there's literally nothing. It's like so quiet. That's what I always think about. It's just so empty
1: yeah and it's not like you can i mean sometimes you have someone else who's awake that's what's so great about the chronic illness community and social media you can be you know texting somebody at two in the morning they're like oh yeah girl i'm i'm right here too you know (laughs) Uh, like what are you gonna do at two in the morning you know that's not waking the household up or Mm -hmm. or something like that so um we can sometimes dwell on our thoughts and i think one thing that i've enjoyed watching with you Is You've been very intentional, and you've got your journals actually right here in Mm -hmm. front of us. And can we share about what you were journaling about truths?
0: Sure. So I was challenged um, by um, one of the people that I follow on Instagram to start declaring truth. So any time that I'm reading the Bible is to seek out the truths that I'm reading. So kind of looking at what are the truths about who God is— and then what are the truths about who God says that I am? And it's honestly been life-changing <laughs> to start reading the Bible because I'm I'm really intently focused on what I'm reading because I want to make sure that I'm getting every piece of it and that I'm really understanding what God's saying. And I find myself even looking up commentaries and other things when I don't understand something because I just I want to understand. And... Um, even one of the verses i'll pull it up right now so just bear with me a second because i wasn't gonna do this but,
1: um, but that's it's t- all good what that's, we do
0: we, yep. we do write an outline and we do
1: have a plan but <laughs> i think some of our best conversations well first of all are still in the car we still have to yes one our from the best car.
0: conversations are in the car but uh yeah it's just it's um, okay, so it's Second Chronicles um, three nine, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, um, "Hold on. Oh, actually, sorry, the NIV translation." If you return to the Lord, then your fellow Israelites and your children will be shown compassion by their captors and will return this to the land for the Lord, your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So for example, from that verse, what I took from it was that a truth about God is that he is gracious. He is compassionate. And the truth about who God says I am is that he says that I'm always able to return to him. Um, but some of the other truths that I've come to in this past month, um, have just been, you know, he is enough for me. I am filled with joy when I'm in his presence. I am not a mistake and I was made unique. He is my confidence. He says that he makes me bold. Um, he says that he will rescue me from trouble and that he will renew my strength each and every day and that has been a huge just mental shift for me when i've been focusing on all these things
1: because i do think when you know we're talking about being awake at night or any or anytime that you're just very isolated because illness can be so isolating while the whole world goes by <laughs> um, focusing on truths you know and if you're not somebody who's faith-based you know take this for what you will but you could also just work on that just journaling I and mean, if you're not someone who can write well now we have all these opportunities to dictate yeah. voice memos and and things find what works for you you especially love journaling and writing it all out I'm in a stage where I'm um, no <laughs> uh, just <laughs> no. and it's so much of typing and writing in my job that sometimes my hands actually hurt so I have to find creative ways that I journal things and track things and a lot of it actually is through my phone yeah have had the best and doing a lot of uh contemplation i'll contemplate on i just looked at my tulips this morning and years ago tulips annoyed me (laughs) because they seem like they come and then they're gone and you're like well what'd you do all that for you know they're Mm -hmm. gone they're dead um but i realized everything does have its season and has its bloom and i appreciate the tulips for the time that they're here and there's always something else i strategically plan that there's always something else growing so um I, I will contemplate on something and take a picture, and I will use that. I actually put a verse to the daffodil picture that I took. So,
0: Well, and I, I want to point out something that you had said when you were talking about the tulips, how they bloom and then they wilt. Mm. And you're like, what did I do all this work for? And I think about chronic illness in my life, and I think about how, yes, we all bloom, but there will be a season of wilting. There will be a season where that flower is not going to stay open and beautiful and all of that for forever. And it's going to have seasons where life is going to change. And it just, it makes me think, my tulips that I'm looking at right now, we were talking about earlier, they wilted. And I was like, oh, my tulips died because I was so upset. But, like, it's, it is true. So I think that's something to also take into consideration is that we can bloom, but, like, sometimes we wilt and that's going to happen as well yeah and it's
1: hard to always look forward to the next thing Mm -hmm. you know because we can talk about well big deal your tulips are gone get over it (laughs) They're, they're tulips but there's you know there's all kinds of other seasonal plants that are coming after that and but when you think about illness in your health or relationships, ma- major things in your life, wilting is very serious. It can be loss of a job, loss of health, surgery, yep. you know, very, very, um, I would say, unexpected things is what seems to happen yeah. all the time with chronic illness. Is You think you know what you're dealing with and then something unexpected
0: happens and now what? Yeah. One of my biggest prayers for Jared and I every single day is God teach us how to learn how to maintain my body. And the reason that I say that every single day is because every single day something changes because it does.
1: And if you're on the other side of it and you're maybe a care provider or you're just a friend who's just trying to be a good friend and understand about this, it's very hard to be on that side of things too. And we did briefly talk about, um, I think I always tie this into any conversations as well as making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So Mm -hmm. whether that's you as the person affected by an issue or you're the care provider or the loved one or the friend, whatever, like make sure you're taking care of yourself too. And I guess that's actually how some of the gardening happened for me. It was something I always enjoyed and wanted to do something. It's going to be my heritage or something. I always had to at least have a window box or something, but I think I got into it a lot more over the years as a way to slow down, to just appreciate something that's beyond myself and, you know, you you can't control it, but it's something where you can help make something more beautiful or be part mm-hmm. of something else. And it is very hard when you're having a loved one go through things. There were times when Dad and I we weren't really taking care of ourselves all the time because mm-hmm. we were either making sure you were okay, your brother and sister were okay. We had jobs and responsibilities in ministry, and um, we were getting a little bit lost. You know, so that's that's another important thing is to slow down and and just understand what 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 are you what am I supposed to be doing right now.
0: And I think that goes back to the quote in general, bloom where you've been planted, because in order to bloom, we have to grow roots. We have to commit. We have to say, all right, this is what we've got, and we're going to go with it. And that's a choice that we make, and it can be a really hard choice to make to say, well, I'm not really sure of where I'm at, or do I even want to grow roots here? And you may even be in a stage with, your health wherever it is where you're you're not um I, I hate to use the word content, but you you aren't ready to put down roots and say, all right, I am just gonna move on despite what is going on with my body. And I know for me that really took, I would say, at least six or seven years before I was willing to understand that I could grow something good out of what had happened to me.
1: Yeah, I think no matter what it is, there's always something to learn. And mm-hmm. I think one thing I think we try to do quite naturally is we try to help someone else. Yep. So whether it's reaching out to someone else with the same kind of issue that we have, and you know, just being a good friend to someone else, or just being someone encouraging. Um, that story that I shared about our community with that tragedy, like that, just happened. So yep. you know, we'll be spending some time and trying to be helpful. To to the people affected by that, and you know, but what can we learn? How can you know? I can't say that something beautiful always comes out of something awful. I'm not trying to say that, but it really is about a decision and a choice to try to say, okay, what? How how can I? I hate to say how can I grow because we're talking about bloom, but how can we grow out of this situation and what we're dealing with? And of course, our hope ultimately for someone is is healing or good health.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about this as. Um, as you and I were um, chit-chatting this afternoon and just catching up a bit, I had some music going on in the background, and one of my favorite songs is Braver Still, and Who is that by? Um, it is by J.J. Heller, and it there's just a couple lines that really, really, really get me um, going, and... You know, she says, it's okay to grieve a life that could not be. I'm trying to believe in something better. Even if the dreams I had turned into dust, there's no wreckage that's too broken to rebuild. And I just think of that. And I think of, you know, in that gardening sense that we could have made a mess. We could have killed everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But we can repair that garden bed, we can try again, mm-hmm. but we had you know, we have to take the time to dig out the garden bed and prepare it for that next thing. And in a lot of ways, you know, that's like grieving. We have to take time, just like the community is gonna have to take time to grieve over this loss mm-hmm. before they're ready to move forward and do something with that loss. Right, right. And
1: actually you made me think too, um, When you're talking about, like, you know, you can redo the garden or whatever. There have been times when nature has destroyed something. You know, you end Mm -hmm. up with a hailstorm or... Uh, Depending on where you live, you know all kinds of elements. And one humorous thing that happened to me years ago when I got really into planting bulbs, you know, you have these, you have these dreams. Oh, I'm going to have these here and those there, and you know, usually whatever your fantasy is not what the reality is going to be. But you try to get somewhere near there. And one of the years I ordered really good bulbs because I had ordered from kind of the big box stores or bought them at the big box stores, and most of them didn't bloom they do not bloom mm-hmm. and i found out that sometimes um it's some of the artificial chemicals or whatever so i said all right i'm gonna go with a real company this time and i you know kept i'm, I'm a frugal kind of person There, you know, i was like oh, i'm gonna get my promo code and my free shipping <laughs> and i want to make sure these things are beautiful and we, we haven't really talked about nourishing we didn't really have a lot mm-hmm. of time for that but uh they sold this bulb food this kind of like a gravelly kind of thing that you that you put in the hole when you put in the bulb. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's from a great company, and I'm going to do exactly what they tell me. And so the most humorous thing came up is that whatever that um, material is, I didn't get to look this up ahead of time, but it's some kind of bone meal type thing that's in it. Those of you who are gardeners are going to go, oh, yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, what I didn't know is that some animals <laughs> want that. So I had really worked out in uh, you know getting these all planted and you you may wait till it's the right time in fall and it's getting cool enough and it's before the frost but it's getting close to around that where the gardens you know the, the yard's getting hard to dig in and so i had done all these along the walkway all over the place and then i come out and i see holes like i see them dug up and the bulbs are there they're just laying there like someone's been mocking me so i'm like am i crazy did i not finish some of these and i just left the holes like have i lost my mind cuz you know that could happen we joke about that and come to find out we realized that critters were getting in there they were digging them up we had skunks we we had all kinds of animals digging these things up the whatever the stuff was that i had put down was gone no trace of that and they just left the bulbs so actually your grandmother came to the house one morning and she goes hey i'm confused this bulb's all over your walkway <laughs> <laughs> and i practically had a temper tantrum over this but you know here it is you think you're going to plant something and it's going to be a certain way and it sure turns out different but guess what yep. i managed to barely get them back in there the ground was so hard i said i do not know if i mean i don't even know if i put the bulbs in upside down i, I don't even know i hucked them back in Stamp the thing down, didn't want to think about it again, was really frustrated, did not want to hear from my husband maybe that I wasted a bunch of money Yes, because yep. I did spend more money on these. And But you know what? Spring came and some of them, I, I timed them for early spring, mid spring, late spring, summer, I get a little uh, into that. And they came up, most of them, you know? So yep. I guess my long point around with that funny story is just things don't go as you expected, but you, like you figure it out yeah and, and they probably did come on a little haphazard compared to how they would have, but
0: yeah, and it makes me think of um the verse in isaiah fifty eight eleven which says the Lord will guide you continually, um giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever flowing spring. Mm-hmm. And I think about how, you know, We don't know what's coming next, but what's so great is that he does know what's coming next, and even if he doesn't share that information with us, he promises that every time we're dry, he will fill us. Every time we feel empty, he will restore our strength, and I just think that's such a beautiful promise that we've been given, and to have him also compare it to a well-watered garden Mm -hmm. is just so neat that he... He, like, he knows that we find beauty in those things that he created, mm-hmm. and he and wants solace. us to bloom.
1: Yeah, we really get a lot of solace in that, too. And if you're somebody who's not well enough to have a garden, I sometimes worry that I'm not going to be able to do some things over the years. But there's still a way to still appreciate nature. Um, our local little art museum is doing a thing called Art and Bloom, where maybe some of you have seen uh, people look at the paintings that are in the art museum, and they come up with floral arrangements that you basically interpret that painting. It's so very neat. It's very neat. So I've always wanted to be one of those floral arrangers. I hope someday I'll say in a podcast that I did do it. But this isn't again. This isn't. You have no know your season, and this is not the season in my life to be doing that. Uh, but I'm gonna go see that, and the reason I'm going is also just it replenishes my my soul and my spirit yeah. to see beauty and to be inspired. And if you're not well enough to go to an art museum, or that's just not your your jam. Um, think of what inspires you and that's what's so great what we do have access to all these things
0: online and yep and as we close i do want to point out for all my friends who you may think you kill every plant (laughs) or you think i am in the hospital so often there's no way i can take care of a plant um or you're simply like i love them but i don't know where to start well girl head to my blog, and I have a whole thing on how to plant succulents. But the reason that I love succulents so much is because they don't need a lot of water. I will be totally honest with you, there was a stretch where I was in the hospital for quite some time, and my plants did not get watered because just between the confusion of being in the hospital, coming home, recovering, all those things, they went about three, four weeks without being watered. And all of a sudden, one day, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's been, like, a month since I've watered anything. And I thought everything was going to die. And some of them had actually been, like, thriving. They were actually doing better than they alone. were because they were just left alone. So if you're sitting there and you're worried, if, if you want to try something, try a succulent because they are or a cactus or whatever it is because they are resilient just like you and also they will grow
1: yeah and also what's the worst that's going to happen <laughs> you
0: know? that's true it's it is really it's a
1: plant it's a succulent. like let's let's keep this in perspective
0: <laughs> yeah all right friends well it has been such a joy chatting with you and hopefully we will meet you out in the garden at some point that's right thanks for listening
1: the oregon college savings plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas But it's not just for college. It's also the Trade School Savings Plan and the Books and Materials Savings Plan, even the Room and Board Savings Plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's
0: tomorrow. Learn more at oregoncollegesavings.com. Where you live, shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed Internet. With reliable home Internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed Internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair.